Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Call of Leadership podcast, where we interview people from our Michigan community who answered the call of leadership. We'll hear their powerful stories and get their advice. Today's episode represents a very special episode for this podcast. It started when I read an article in a local magazine about this amazing group of people working together for a very special cause that they are all extremely passionate about. Today, we'll be talking about Carter Kits, designed for children with autistic uh, spectral disorder. It's a kit that first responders can use when responding to emergency calls. Behind this amazing team of Carter Kits are my guests today, Dr. Ellen Preen, Lieutenant Brandon Husbeck, Andrew Keller, and Detective Justin Sievers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. So we'll start off with Ellen. Ellen, why don't you tell us where you grew up and where you're from and what it is that you do? Actually, I I was born and raised in Malaysia. I'm biracial. I'm Asian and Polynesian. I'm a clinical neuropsychologist, practice in Connecticut. So I work predominantly with children and adults to do assessment to find out how their brain functions, um, and I have published and I have presented as well. Uh, and I also, I think more importantly, I have a 19-year-old daughter who has autism. So I think that, um, you know, I have somewhat of a unique perspective uh, when it comes to working with this population. Brandon, please tell us where you're from and what it is that you do. Yeah, hi, Cliff. Uh, I'm from Saginaw, born and raised, lived here my whole life. I work in Saginaw for the fire department, City of Saginaw Fire Department. Currently the training and safety officer. Been there a little over 10 years. Really uh, happy to be a part of this uh, new venture that we now know as Carter Kits. Excellent. Thank you. Andrew, tell us where you're from and what it is uh, that you do. Well, I'm Andrew. I'm from uh, Davison originally, now live in Frankenmuth. I am a real estate agent. I, my former life was a TV reporter for a local television station. So um, you know, it's it's very special opportunity to be able to help put these Carter kits together because I've known Carter for quite a while now, for many years. And, you know, to be able to kind of have this vision and, you know, having the support of Dr. Preen, Brandon and Justin, you know, as we continue to kind of grow this thing, I think it's a really special thing. And I think these kits are going to make a difference not only in mid-Michigan, but across the nation. Excellent. Uh, Justin, please tell us uh, where you're from and what it is that you do. Yeah, I originally grew up in Bertrand. Uh, about five years ago, we moved out to Frankenmuth, where we are currently living. Uh, right now, I am a detective with Saginaw Township Police Department. I've been there about six years. Um, originally, I met Brandon when I worked in Saginaw. I was a road patrol officer there. Excellent. Now, Justin, for those who are listening, why don't you tell us what is a Carter Kit? A Carter kit is something we put together. It's for uh, originally for first responders, um, and it has sensory tools in there, toys, a weighted blanket, noise-canceling earmuffs, and sunglasses for when responding to a scene where there's a child or a person with autism, just something to help them in order to calm them at the scene. Um, Obviously, when we're there, you have lights. Uh, everything's kind of chaotic, but anything we can do to calm that situation. Why don't you tell us about that first day 
when you thought about the idea for a Carter kit? Yeah, actually, Brandon and uh, Andrew and I were in a group text message, and uh, we were talking, and it came up that we should make something like this, or we wish we had something like this around the area for children with autism. And Andrew kind of grabbed the bulls by the horn and said, I'm going to do it. And he put in his own money. Um, we ordered, he ordered the stuff. And next thing you know, we had 10 kits that he donated to the local agencies. And since then, it's kind of spread like wildfire. That's absolutely great. Uh, Brandon, when going through this uh, text message and you're talking back and forth, what was it that went through your mind when this idea was presented? Well, it seemed like uh, something that I couldn't believe that we had never thought of this before. I'm like, yeah, you know, this makes so much sense. Why has this never come up? Why have I never seen anything like this? And uh, so when we were discussing it and, you know, figuring out what items to go in it and things like that, it just made sense completely a hundred percent. And I was all in. And like Justin said, you know, Andrew was kind enough to donate um, 10 right off the bat. So um, we were able to get a presence going locally and then we saw how it just took off and it was amazing and everybody wanted one. You know, Andrew, obviously you love the idea as well. What was your thinking behind it to just, you know, automatically say, you know what, I'm going to step up and get the first kits going. Well, I got to add a little humor to it. So I'm in a text message with Justin and Brandon and all they do is go back and forth, you know, having one as a police officer, one as a firefighter, they continuously kind of go at each other. So it's a funny text message to be in. And one day it got serious when Justin had the idea of, you know, that what could we do to make our community a better place? And it was one of those aha moments, I guess, you know, I, I'm always looking to help. Luckily, you know, I, I, I have the opportunity to do these things, to be able to help. So what I did was, you know, I took the opportunity and I talked to a bunch of uh, specialists, um, you know, autism specialists in the area. What do these kids need? Uh, weighted blanket, noise canceling headphones, sunglasses, uh, trinket, or fidget toys, I should say, and a nonverbal cue card. So we got it going. And I, you know, I, at first I didn't have the nonverbal cue card in the, the kits, but that has been something that we have since added. But I also took the opportunity to talk to my fiance, Meg McLeod's mom. And uh, she has a good friend named Dr. Preen. And uh, Ellen has been an excellent source of information for this, obviously with her background as a clinical neuropsychologist, we stuck, we wanted to bring her in. Uh, we quickly realized, yeah, we were focused in on just autistic children at first. And she said, guys, this could be something that could be used for special needs all across the board. So, you know, we, we thought about it and yeah, they can be. And, you know, these obviously the initial impact of it is having young Carter as well as uh, Ellen's daughter uh, on the autism spectrum. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we kind of dropped the autism name because these are sensory kids. You know, if you have special needs, there are things inside that can really open the opportunity for other children uh, who or even adults who first responders interact with, uh, you know, to give them an extra tool in their toolbox when they show up to a scene uh, to help with the community, help deal with these, you know, these traumatic situations as best as they can. Excellent. So then my next question will be for Ellen is, I know that there's a lot of organizations out there doing a lot of great things for 
children with uh, autistic spectral disorder, special needs. What was it specifically about the idea behind the Carter kit that attracted you? Well, I think that going back to something that Justin had mentioned, um, and also Brendan had brought up that, why haven't sort of this kit or kit similar to this has been brought up or come about? And I think it's, it speaks to a larger problem in our society because I do not think that we consider mental health to be an important part of our well-being. Wow, that's an interesting an interesting idea. What makes you think that? So for example, like Brendan and Justin are saying in the first responders toolkit, there isn't anything to help calm a person down during a time of crisis, right? The first responder tend to say, are you bleeding? Let me check for your vitals, check for your blood pressure, any concussion. But we don't say, gee, are you, how are you feeling right now? You know, emotionally. And I think that those are the issues that speaks to a larger uh, problem in our society when we don't deal with the mental health issue that it struggles, I think, for a lot of people to then personally to own up that they need some help in the mental health realm, but also speaks about the society not understanding that mental health well-being is just as crucial as your physical well-being. You know, they always say people, first thing is ask me, are you bleeding? Are you hurt? I'm not, but doesn't mean that I'm not hurting inside. Right. That's actually a very good observation. And I want to go back, uh, Ellen, to something that Andrew pointed out before, and that's the fact that first the the kit was built for children who were on the the autistic spectrum disorder, but you actually pushed to expand it. Why did you push for that expansion? I think that is a combination. Um, mostly, it's because of my own work experience, my clinical experience working with um, children uh, with a variety of struggles. And specifically with school district who had the unfortunate event of the school shooting. I really get to see firsthand what, how the children, some more than others, I do think children are resilient and they're wonderful, you know, little beings. But with a traumatic event like the school shooting, uh, definitely leave a mark. And I think that as a society, we should be responsible to bring to the awareness that it's okay to say, I'm scared, I'm sad, I'm kind of glad I didn't get hurt, but I'm glad that my teacher got hurt. Um, so those are the things that I think when I look at the big picture, I feel that not just children on the spectrum would benefit from this Carter kit, but anybody in general who, uh, you know, like the guy said, when you show up with flashing light, sirens blaring, Clearly, there was something, number one, that precipitated that, that brought them to the scene to begin with, right? And now you have all these commotion going on that is very confusing to them. And even the best of us sometimes in the, under those circumstances will be hard to manage and to cope with the situation. So, Ellen, I know that you're very influential in, in the design of the kit and what goes into it, as well as further refinement and improvement. What guides your decision-making process when you're saying, you know, this should be in the kit or we need to design something new? What, what guides your process or your thinking? What really comes down to is, especially children on the spectrum or even individuals who are under stress or overwhelmed, our sensory perception tends to sort of go, over the, go overboard. So for some people, it's much harder for them to 
calm themselves down because due to a combination of perhaps lack of ability or the event itself is too traumatic for them to handle. So I think that it's important to address these sensory issues during those moments and give them tools that they would not have otherwise to cope. So distraction will be a tool, okay? Uh, because when they're so fixated off, you know, something bad that just happened, if we can give them something else to fidget, to play with, that would take their mind off it even for a minute. I'll take that minute over no minute. And then when it comes to especially, you know, whether children or individual with anxiety, with trauma, with autism, they tend to have that hyper sensitivity as well as hypo sensitivity to their environment. All of a sudden, a noise that would seem benign to them before right now is too much for them to handle. So if we can put on the earphones and block out some of the noises to help them center themselves, that would be a great tool for them to use. Yes, because I could imagine that in the time of an emergency, there's going to be a lot of noise going on that would really scare somebody who didn't maybe understand what was going on or couldn't be able to process it. So... Well, and I think this is perhaps something Justin and Brandon can answer. When you guys are on scene, how often have you seen even adults, right? Would get overwhelmed and confused with what's going on. Uh, Brandon, this question is for you. I know you're responsible for for the logistics of it. So who prepares and ships the Carter kits? So right now we have um, a pretty cool partnership with SVRC and Saginaw. And they are set up... They have a lot of employees there that have uh, special needs. Not all of them, but they do have um, some there that they, they help get them jobs and things and, you know, a paycheck, and it's a really good program. So we thought, well, how cool would that be to partner with them? They can put these kits together, and not only are we helping people with special needs at the, at the end when they get the kit, but we're also helping people with special needs you know, that are getting a paycheck and putting these together. So we kind of thought it was like a full circle type thing. Unfortunately, with the current situation with COVID-19, SVRC is obviously shut down until everything returns to normal. At the current time, luckily, we have some resources amongst the four, four of us that at this point, we're just putting them together on our own and then working with our logistics companies to ship them out and all of that. But obviously with the COVID-19, we had a delay with inventory and a delay getting all of our products. And we're finally uh, starting to catch up, get back to where we can send the kits out. Speaking of sending kits out, Andrew, this question's for you. So you were really influential in getting the first kits out there. And I know that some of the kits went to uh, the, the fire department that Brandon works at, as well as the police department where Justin works. What did you, what went through your mind when you first saw the kits? I mean, we're going from an idea. Now they're actually a reality. The kit is there. What, what went through your mind when you first saw them? When I first saw them, I knew that these would be big. I also knew that there would be a huge increase in the number of people that wanted to get their hands on them simply because of having Brandon, Justin, and Dr. Preen all a part of the team. So we get these we get these kits in and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I had put out press releases to all the local TV stations, newspapers, so on and so forth, and they all showed up. And once that happened, once I saw them all there, I knew that this thing would spread like wildfire. 
within the next couple of days, we, we received phone calls from, I believe it was about 10 states in just a couple of days. I gave my phone number out there or people found my phone number. When they got a hold of me, they said, how do we get a hold of these? And that's kind of, uh, that's where it really took off. At first, it was kind of one of those things where we looked at it and we thought, should we just do this yearly? And then, you know, maybe make next year uh, a bigger year yet. Well, I said at, on that day, December 12th of just 2019, that by next year, I wanted to have 50 of them out. With all of us working together, putting our plan together, so far, we've sent out, I think, I think we're at about 80. Brandon, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we're, we're somewhere in the 80 to 100 range of kits that we have sent out or accommodated with different departments and individuals. And, you know, that number is going to increase exponentially once we kind of get a little bit of normalcy back in the, throughout the country with the COVID thing. I think the coolest thing about it is people recognizing the need. It's a great story. We have a real person with Carter, who's a five-year-old child on the autism spectrum disorder. He is one of the guys that I knew would make this take off because he's outgoing, bubbly, and he's a good kid. So having all of those aspects together, along with Brandon, Justin, and Ellen, and myself, all working hard to make this thing continue to be a reality, I knew it would be big, and it has been. I can't say I'm more proud than you know, being able to do something and really make a difference. Uh, Justin, this question is for you. With these kits making their way out into the field, what was what went through your mind? Because you were, you know, you were part of that initial conversation about, you know, hey, let's, you know, let's let's build something. But now it's actually going out there. People are calling on the phone. They're saying, "I want this kit." What were you What were you feeling inside uh, based on this reaction? Well, at first, I really couldn't believe how quick it grew. You know, once Andrew came up with the, I'm going to donate 10 and his initial uh, statement was, we're going to call these Carter kits after Carter. You know, I found that kind of special, you know, you want to name them after my son. And um, then all of a sudden we're getting calls from other States and we went down to Alabama and it was just kind of almost overwhelming at first. You know, you just, you didn't realize there was that big of a need until it came out. Once we started getting calls from these other states saying, we want these, what do we need to do? We realized that we got to continue with this. Like Andrew said, he wanted to have 50 of them out by next year. And I just looked it up and I think we're at 85 right now that I counted. And I know I'm off a few, you know, so we're already double that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely special. That is definitely special. And I know that, you know, for the interview process for this, you've gotten uh, a lot of ink. You, your, your face has been, you know, put on, on TV and being interviewed and stuff. What is it like to go from someone who kind of works behind the scenes, all of a sudden you're, you're being thrust into the spotlight? Here? Yeah, it's definitely a change. I've never been one to stand in front of a camera, but just, I guess the most important thing for me is like when we were down in Alabama to watch the way that Carter interacts with, you know, people because of this. He's been a lot more outgoing. Just just being able to interact with the people, I think it's that's the most important thing is the, the change I see in him. And I guess if I have to step in front of a camera for that to happen, I'll keep doing it. Now, from my understanding, uh, I read something where you were giving an interview in Alabama and your your son Carter 
started to get a little bit fidgety and you actually used one of the Carter kits. Yeah. They were trying to interview me. One of the stations down there and Carter just kept tugging on me, wanting me to go play with them. So we ended up pulling out some of the fidget sensory toys and he went over and he just grabbed a ball, one of the stress balls in there and he just kept throwing it against the wall and it totally, totally changed his thinking and his focus. And I was able to do the interview because of him being occupied. Wow. That's completely awesome. Love that. With the kids making their way out into the field during this, during this time, you're probably getting a lot of feedback from first responders and, and how has that feedback helped you to further refine the Carter kit? So yeah, we are, we're definitely still in the process of getting that feedback, but I think some of the things that we've learned right off the bat is we weren't hitting every single child that has uh, ASD, autism spectrum disorder. Uh, one of the things that we added because of that was the nonverbal cue cards where Dr. Preen, Ellen went through and we worked with a local autism agency here in the area as well to try to get together these cue cards because that was one thing that parents wanted to see. Obviously, it's not going to be tailor-made for every child, but at least it gives Fire EMS an opportunity to have a card where they can point at certain things to try to tell the child what's next uh, for those children that do not communicate verbally, essentially. Uh, so we, we've, we've kind of leaned on Dr. Preen as well as the local autism center to really increase our opportunity to hit all facets of the autism spectrum disorder as well as we can in the in the simple passage and uh, donation and uh, purchase of these bags. So I, I think that, you know, we, we're definitely learning. We're seeing what people want. You know, feedback that we have received has been good. And I think like like Dr. Preen said, we're still in the, you know, still in the very early stages of getting feedback. And, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. Yeah, because I can imagine that with this being relatively new and just getting out there, you know, first off, the probably most of the first responders are just grateful to have something that they can use out into the field. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. As, you know, as we get more requests, you know, uh, at first it was only five different uh, five different departments. And now I can't, again, this is a number that Brain or Justin will have. Now we're in a ton of different departments. And with that being said, you know, more and more departments want these because they understand the value of them. And I think, you know, what we, where we anticipate this going, I, I could see Dr. Preem jetting to local departments or even doing YouTube videos, how to use these, how to deploy them out in the field. There, there's just endless opportunities. I think that's the number one thing that we have learned is we need to kind of uh, move with the times, communicate with people who have them, talk to others who don't and see what we can add to them to make them better. So it's a really cool opportunity for us to kind of use what we have, the template, continue to grow on it. So yeah, it, there's certainly there's certainly a great opportunity for us to continue to grow on it as uh, as far as having her expertise and having her knowledge and really kind of continuing to grow this to what it is today. Andrew, if I didn't know any better, I would say you sound like a marketer. Ah, well, you know, I can I could get some people together. <laughs> TV stations and newspapers together. And you, you know what? I think that's the number one thing about this. The the marketing of the Carter kits 
again, we we got into this never thinking that we're going to get rich off of it. And, and chances are we're not. The bottom line of why we got into this and why we are going to continue to push these kits is because we want to make a difference. You know, we all still work our full-time jobs. This isn't going to be our bread and butter. But for us to have the opportunity to spend a little extra time, use a few of our personal hours to put these kits together, to pass them out, to do our Facebook marketing, to tell people success stories, show them what Carter's up to, show them how Carter's kind of growing as our uh, as the kits continue to go out more and more places. That's the best part because people love the kits, but the majority of the people love the story. And that's why I think this has been really successful. And I think that that's what differentiates us from any business that could potentially put these together to have the opportunity to have the actual story behind it for real people that are pushing it and, you know, just using our expertise and trying to continue to grow it to where it is today. You bet. And speaking of story, because I know the the Carter Kits is named after your son, Justin. What how what was his reaction when you told him that the Carter Kits were named after him? Well, I don't know if he fully understands that what what their purpose are as far as helping other people. He just he sees one and he thinks it's his. That's mine. That's my it says Carter on it. You know? <laughs> I'm sure as he gets older he'll understand that they're out there helping other kids. But as of right now, he just believes they're, they're for him. This question here, I'm going to open it up to anyone who wants to jump in, but I, I would love for you to uh, tell us a story or maybe tell us a time where you, you know, and I know we talked before about, about a Carter kit with Carter, but I w- I'd like for you to tell a time where you actually witnessed maybe a Carter kit that was being used in the field. Looking back over the 12 years that I was on the road, um, I definitely think of some times that I look back and I'm thinking, man, we could have used that. One kid, we would get called over to his house all the time and he would need to go to the hospital. And the thing we were able to do was have four of us show up and just hold the kid down. We actually had to physically restrain him to the uh, ambulance bed, everything. You know, at that point, maybe if we show up and we have these tools, maybe we get that rapport with him to where we didn't have to fight him. We wouldn't have to strain him and, and he would be able to cooperate a lot better with us. And then it's even expanding on him at the car accidents. I mean, it doesn't need to be exactly somebody with special needs all the time. I mean, even if you show up onto a traumatic car accident where, you know, you're going to an amp your mom or dad or somebody's hurt, you could just pull these out and, you know, give one of the kids the toys that would comfort them. I don't have a story, but I'd like to sort of expand on what Justin just mentioned is part of the toolkit. The purpose is to take a more proactive stance to helping the individuals to self-soothe or calm themselves versus like Justin mentioned, uh, up to the point that if the person already de-escalated to the point that you need to restrain them, that becomes a whole different situation versus if we can be proactive and help them to calm themselves down then we would not even need to get there. And then, you know, I I think another good thing too is one of our major donations was to the MMR, Mobile Medical Response. Every ambulance in Saginaw County had a Carter kit. And with those Carter kits in every single ambulance, you know, we talked to a lot of EMS people and that's really been the, that has really been the uh, segment of the first responders who have had the most, the most interest in these because they're the ones who are showing up 
I've seen where, you know, maybe somebody is having a heart attack and they have a child with special needs and it gives them the tool that they never had before. So, you know, to be able to put Carter kits in every single ambulance in the county, have other ambulance services around the region as well as around the nation that want these because they see the advantage of having them. I think that's really been an eye opener as well. Be able, again, you know, kind of what Justin and Ellen have just said, to be able to have the opportunity to, you know, be proactive rather than reactive, rather than the hands-on approach, you know, you give them something that they can put their hands on as far as a toy, a fidget toy, noise canceling headphones, sunglasses. That just takes us to the next level. And it, I, I think, in my opinion, it creates an opportunity for more of our community approach to mental health to children who have the special needs, to be able to say, you know what, we understand that in every community, these children, these adults exist. What can we do to give ourselves the opportunity to be better prepared rather than, you know, having to be reactive to a certain situation? Yeah, and you bring up a good point, and I know that uh, I know that Ellen mentioned this earlier, but just giving first responders the the tools that they need so they can be proactive. I love that term, proactive. So that's very good. Absolutely. And then I, I think in Brandon's situation, Brandon, when we first brought up this point, uh, and I'll let Brandon expand on it, they're, they're bringing these huge trucks and people dressed up in, you know, their, their full fire get out, get out gear and so on and so forth. But for these children to have a little bit of soothing the, the tools to help them get through these points. And Brandon, I'll let you explain, but I, I just think it's a really cool deal uh, for all first responders and a really good, again, proactive tool in uh, every situation. Yeah, absolutely. We have a hard enough time um, getting kids to not be afraid of us, let alone you know a child that has special needs. We put all of our gear on, all of our breathing equipment, and you know now we sound like Darth Vader, you know, breathing off this oxygen. <laughs> and uh, so kids tend to be scared of that. And you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I even remember one of the fatal fires I've had during my career where a kid actually um, came outside on his second floor patio, but ran back inside because he was scared. He didn't know what to do, and unfortunately, uh, he perished in his bedroom closet because you know he was scared and and, and he didn't know what to do. So. The Carter kits are something that, to talk about the proactivity of them, um, it's something else we can also use to relate to these kids and to get in front of them. And so it helps them realize it's another step in that direction that we are a friend. We are here to help you. We're not going to hurt you. We're not, um, there's no reason to be scared of us. And anytime we can accomplish that, it's a great thing. So I I think Carter kits are really going to help with that as well. Um, One of the things we hear a lot on the police side when the kids are being bad, what do their parents tell them? If you, if you don't behave, I'm going to have them arrest you. You know, so as a kid, you're going to be scared, obviously, of the police. You get that bad feeling. I see a cop, he's going to arrest me. You know, and, and that's something we don't want. You know, so where we can pull these kids out, we can get that rapport with these kids, or we can get that friendship with them to say, look, hey, we're not bad. If something happens, we want you running to us, not from us. You know, so I think that's one of the big things, too, with these Justin, so if people want to connect with what it is that you're doing or perhaps even donate money towards a Carter kit to help out first responders, 
What's what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the best way, uh, we have our website. It's www.carterkits.com. On there, you can actually purchase the Carter Kits. And then also, through our nonprofit side, we are teamed with the Saginaw Community Foundation. You can go onto their website. You can do a search for Carter Kits and make a donation through there. Recently, we have secured a donation from the 100 Women Who Care of Mid-Michigan, and that was just under, I believe, $12,000. From that donation, we're going to be able to donate about 250 kits, which we promised them we would keep locally, so they are going to go here around Mid-Michigan. I think Justin hit on it a little bit earlier, but I just wanted to make sure any of your listeners um, understood kind of our model that we have. If someone out there decides I want to purchase a Carter kit, whether it's for my home or for a local department or my church or whatever, they do that at carterkits.com. And you can purchase, you know, one, you can purchase 50, you can purchase 500. There's, there's no limit there. The other portion of our business, as Justin also mentioned, is uh, we have a partnership with the Saginaw Community Foundation, uh, which is a nonprofit entity. And we have a Carter Kits fund there that people um, can donate to. And in turn, we donate Carter Kits to police agencies, fire agencies that maybe otherwise cannot afford them or the individual just wants to donate to. You know, a portion of the business is also to give back. And that's what part of our model is every kit that we sell, a portion of the proceeds are going to go to donate some of these kits to local departments as well as departments that might not have the means in order to get these kits into their departments. So that's a very important portion of what we're trying to do is just really give back as well as give the opportunity for people uh, across the state and across the nation to get their hands on the kits. Thank you all so much for being on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey everyone, real quick before you bounce, if you want to join me on this journey to learn more from these fascinating community leaders, then hit the subscribe button at the top of your podcast player, and I will catch you in the next episode.